One of the most common questions I get is, if you're going to be a generalist, how do you even market yourself? You're listening to Copy Chatter, the podcast where we talk about all things writing business. We're having a conversation here about freelance writing and freelance writers, and you are invited. Let's chat about business, marketing, dealing with clients, mindset issues, copy tips, and rolling with the changes. We'll also delve into what's going on with this particular writer as I grow and build my own business. Ready to talk shop? It's time for some copy chatter. Now, if you listen to my last episode, you know exactly what I'm talking about when I'm referring to being a generalist. And you may have had the same question yourself. I actually get that question pretty much every time I mention this concept of not choosing a niche and not burrowing down and specializing in any one thing or any one specific industry. And I I really like that question because it tells me that people are paying attention and they are listening to what I'm saying and they are thinking about how it applies to them. Now, one of the um, things that may be not so good (laughs) in that situation is that sometimes we listen to advice that is actually good advice, and we know that we should be hearing it, and we think of all the reasons why it doesn't apply to us, so we don't have to follow it. And it becomes kind of a like an easy way to let ourselves off the hook. So if you are committed to being a freelance writer, and you are um, also terrified of <laughs> being a freelance writer, and you heard this advice that is just everywhere that says you have to pick a niche, you have to specialize, it's the only way to make money, blah, 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 blah. Um, and, and you are scared of doing this, then that whole, well, I can't get started because I don't have a niche becomes a very easy, um, like an easy, almost an excuse, you know, and I, I know that a lot of people use that word and it's a dirty word, excuses. Um, but so I don't mean it in a, like a dismissive or like a derogatory sense. Um, I really think that excuses are an important part of doing business because the excuse that you keep telling yourself over and over and over points to exactly what your obstacle is. And it points you to the thing that you're afraid of and the thing that you need to work to overcome. So the important thing about excuses is not that you don't have them. It's that you know how to face them. But um, that is really a lot of theory for (laughs) another episode. Um, I, I think I was getting off track on the excuse thing because I don't have a niche is an easy excuse for new writers to fall back on as a reason not to get started. And so when you hear me saying you don't have to have a niche, what I'm trying to do is help you move past that obstacle because that obstacle is not a real one. The whole I don't have a niche so I can't get started. That's a story that you've made up and and you've it's not that you I don't say that to criticize. I say that because when you when you wrote that story in your head, you were going on limited information. And now I'm offering you more information, which gives you the opportunity to make a new story and to move forward. So with that, um, a lot of people who hear me and they say, well, how do I market myself if I'm a generalist? Because no one talks about how to do that. Sometimes it's really an earnest desire to learn how to market yourself. And sometimes it's, well, there's no way to market myself, right? It becomes, it, it furthers the excuse. So this is the answer to that question. And really the way I see it, there are two answers (laughs) to that question. How do you market yourself as a generalist? It's easy to market yourself as a specialist, 
Because you can say, I am a freelance blog writer specializing in this vertical or this niche, right? Pretty straightforward. And you know where to go for clients and you know how to have that conversation. But when you will write pretty much anything for anyone, what do you say? How do you even begin the conversation? And the way I see it, um, you have two options. The first option is to pick one thing and lead with that. So you lead with a specific service, or maybe you lead with a niche. I think it depends on the context that you're in. And then you offer more when it makes sense. The other thing that you can do is you lead with, I am your one-stop shop, right? So number the first thing you can do is lead with something, but offer anything. And the other thing is to lead with, I am a one-stop shop. So let me say a little bit more about each of those. So if you're going to lead with one thing and then offer more kind of on the back end or um, in further discussion. So when I say on the back end, that is marketer talk for you have the front end, and the back end. And the front end is where the conversation starts. And the back end is where the conversation continues. So you see this in sales, you see this with service providers, you see this in all kinds of ways. The front end for many of you may be this podcast. And then if you decide that you like it, and you maybe buy one of my courses, or you somehow or other end up maybe in my Facebook group or on my mailing list, any subsequent interaction that you have with me is the back end. Okay, so if you are a service provider, for example, a freelance writer, your front end may be when you send a pitch or when you um, advertise your writing services and someone says, oh, hey, I'm interested in that. The back end is your subject subsequent conversations. Okay, so I hope that that makes sense. So when I say that you lead on the front end with a specific thing and then you offer more on the back end. That might look like having a discovery call. Someone comes to you for um, a sales page and you have a discovery call with them or you're emailing with them. I actually rarely do discovery calls at this point, but in some pockets of freelance writing, it's pretty typical. Um, I would say, especially if you're in the B2B niche, it's pretty typical to have discovery calls or if you do, if you offer like a really big service like a sales page that would warrant a discovery call or funnel copy or a book. <laughs> I do I do discovery calls for books. Anyway, a discovery call is just like a five minute phone conversation with a prospective client to figure out what they need and if you can serve them and what the next step is. If y'all are interested in discovery calls, let me know. I could do an episode on that. Just let me know. Um, what was I saying? Okay, so I was going back to if you lead with one thing, and then offer more on the back end. So um, if someone contacts you, they want a sales page, maybe you have this discovery call or you're emailing back and forth. Um, either you can offer that you can not only do the sales page, but you can do launch emails. You can do, um, you can, depending on what the deliverable is, you can offer to make that. You can offer to do ongoing emails. Um, you can offer other services if you have other services that are not writing. So maybe like social media, or if you do web design, you can offer to also design the sales page. Um, but you opened the conversation with, I can write the copy for this one thing. There have been other times, I think every single person in my coaching group, and probably a lot of people in my free group who have, who are out there as writers, um, 
this has probably happened to them, but I think every student in my coaching group has had at least one client come to them and say, I hired you for this, you know, XYZ writing project or service, but do you also do this other thing? Every single one. And that has happened to me like a bazillion times too. So it's very, very common for clients to want more from you. And so offering to do more for them is actually, it can be seen as really helpful for them. Um, And as a side note, if someone, if you offer to do more for someone than just the reason they contacted you and they are offended by this, that's a big red flag. (laughs) That is probably someone you might not want to work with. So um, just a a word of caution because um, people who are offended by upsells and additional helpfulness um, tend not to be the easiest people to work for. I hope that that makes sense. If you have questions. Let me know, of course. <laughs> so that is um, like a quick look at how to um, lead with one thing and offer more on the back end. The other thing is you don't always have to lead with the same thing. If you see somebody looking for an email writer, you can lead with emails with that person. And then you can go pitch off of the job boards for people who need blog posts and lead with blog posts. Um, the, like I said kind of at the beginning of this discussion, the context is important. So take the context under consideration. When I was doing this marketing strategy that involved pitching startups, I would go to their website and see if they had a blog. And if they had a blog, awesome. I would pitch my blogging services and then have a a line about um, additional marketing material. And um, some people were interested in that and they wanted to hear more. And so I talk about case studies and I talk about white papers and emails and I don't even remember what else, what, you know, anything else that seemed relevant. Um, I have one client that does a lot of eBooks, so I'm offering to do that. And I, um, have mentioned doing a webinar script for them so that they can do webinars. Cause a lot of their competitors do webinars. They do these like joint venture webinars and stuff. So I offered to be their writer for that too, because that's something I know a lot about. Um, but the the whole conversation opened with blog posts in that context. You can, um, there are all kinds of ways to do this. Once you kind of figure out what you're good at and you start noticing people who need writers, you meet them where they are and you talk about the thing that they need. Um, and then you can offer more in support of that. So you don't want to be like, they, they're looking for a hamburger and you're like, I can do hamburgers, but I can also you know, I can, I can do this whole fish, um, Mediterranean trout dish, you know, because those are not really related. (laughs) But if they are looking for hamburgers, and you're like, I make a really good hamburger, and I also make a really good potato salad, it makes more sense in context to offer that particular service. So just be aware of what you're doing, um, and who you're talking to and getting get a feel for what they might need and then offer to help them with anything they might also need. And just also know that some people when they come to you and they're like, Oh, you're a writer, can you write all of everything that I need written? That that know that that's also going to happen too. Okay, so I think that's everything I wanted to say about lead with one thing and then offer more on the back end. The other approach that you can take is setting yourself up as the one-stop shop for all your writing needs. And you could even phrase it like that if you want. This phrase, this concept of the one-stop shop is something that I see used a lot. So you might want to use it because it's familiar, but you also might not want to use it because it might be, it might feel a little bit like a cliche. 
at least for some people. I, I don't really use it anymore because it feels a little bit overused at this point. That's just me. You know, be aware of what's going on in your client's um, situations and settings and, um, you know, see what gets traction. Another way that you can put it is um, telling people that you are a versatile copywriter or that you are a versatile content writer. You can say, if you have experience, you can refer, refer to yourself as experienced, which is, um, you know, on the way to expert, but without claiming that expert title, if you don't feel like you're ready to claim it, you can say that you're experienced. You can say that you're versatile. I think I said that a lot. Um, you can say that you are well-rounded. Um, and uh, those are probably the first three things I would think of for promoting yourself as a marketer. So what you might do is if someone is looking for something specific, you can approach them and say, I'm Ashley, I am a well-rounded writer with XYZ experience and support of, you know, myself as a writer. And I would love to work with you on this project because I, I know that my um, broad background, you know, or my broad, ex excuse me, experience um, can bring a lot to the table. Now, this is a situation where it would really benefit you to understand at least the basics of digital marketing, to have a really good sense of where you fit within your client's ecosystem. I teach this in my course, Client Bound. If you want to learn more about that, you can go to ashleygainer.com slash clients. But um, that's not to say that I'm the only place who's talking about this. <laughs> um, if you really want to lead with this whole I'm a versatile writer thing, it would really, really benefit you to be familiar with, with the basics of digital marketing and basics of sales funnels and to really understand what your client's goals are with whatever they need you to help them write, um, whether that's engagement with their list or it's a, like the launch of a new product or if it's... Um, just trying to share things up if they are tired of writing their own blogs um, and that kind of thing. You know, understand content marketing if they if they need your help with their blog. Um, and what is the role of the blog inside their business? And what are all the different pieces and parts of the blog? And how do they, there's an airplane flying overhead, you may be able to hear it. <laughs> anyway, understanding content marketing and blog uh, marketing and blog monetization strategy will really help you because you can speak that language. You know what they are looking for and what they need and what they are hoping for, um, and it, and it really benefits you. And you don't need any certification. You don't need any kind of special coursework. Like I said, I, I have a course that involves this, the Client Bound course, um, that teaches the digital marketing basics and the blog, uh, like blog monetization basics. But you don't have to have that stuff if you really think you can learn it and get familiar with it on your own. Um, and you don't necessarily need to prove that you can talk about it because if you present yourself as knowledgeable and you can have these conversations, you know, you can even ask the right questions. How are you monetizing? Tell me what your opt-ins are. What does your um, email list look like? Are you hitting the, there's like this sort of benchmark that you should be making $1 per person on your list. And so you can ask, you know, how many subscribers do you have? And are you, are you making that many dollars per month? And um, what are some ways that we can get you closer to that benchmark? You know, if you know stuff like that, if you understand 
the role of an opt-in and you ask about how's the deliverable, what are your open rates, do people like this opt-in, you know, what do people like about your content, what do they respond to, what platforms are you marketing on, and that sort of thing, it's obvious that you understand the lay of the land, they are much more likely to go with you than with someone else because you know what you're talking about. And as long as you have the writing samples to prove that you can actually do the writing, there's no reason not to hire you because you understand the context. You're not just showing up to write this thing. You are showing up to provide them the service in support of this broader strategy that they don't need to explain to you because you already get it. Okay, so that is um, how you can lead as being a generalist. I see this a lot in, um, I'm a member of Julie Stoyan's Create Your Laptop Life Network. And a lot of writers in there are, um, they are more or less generalists and they have things that they like to do and things they don't really like to do. Um, but they, they can present themselves as, you know, I'm a copywriter. Like, and that's the end of the story. That's all they need to say. They don't need to say I'm a copywriter specializing in sales page for e-commerce nutrition supplements, right? Even if that's their niche, they, um, they offer more than just that. And so they just show up and they say, Hey, I'm a copywriter. Let's talk about your thing. So I hope that that provides some encouragement and some inspiration, especially if you're struggling with this concept of not having a niche, because um, you really, really can market yourself as a generalist, and you really can get traction that way. And arguably, based on what I've seen in my students and in my own trajectory and in the trajectory of friends and colleagues who I have witnessed <laughs> over the past 10 years, um, this, this is how it's done. This is for most of us, not all of us, but for most of us, this is the most effective way to get started. And it's the easiest way to get started. And eventually we do all find our niches eventually. But in the meantime, you can't find your niche until you have already done the work, right? You have to know what you like, what you're good at, what you hate, the types of people you like and don't like working for. You're only going to figure that stuff out as you're working. So um, you need to start marketing yourself as a generalist. And my hope is that this advice will help you to do so. But of course, as always, you can reach out to me with any questions, you can uh, make your way into my Facebook group and ask more specific questions. I really love to hear how the podcast is landing and um, what you think about it. So please do share. There's more going to be more information about that in the show notes. And I'll see you all next week. Hey, did that sound good to you? If you want to learn more about finding freelance writing clients who are going to pay you well, pay you on time, give you recurring work and make you really, really happy <laughs> to be a freelance writer, then I have something for you. It is called Client Bound. It is my new course on how to find freelance writing clients. If that sounds good to you, then I recommend that you go to copychatter.com slash clients and check it out. And hey, there's one more thing. If you like Copy Chatter, if you listen to this podcast every week, and if you feel like it has helped you, would you mind leaving me a review um, on iTunes or wherever you're listening? That would be really helpful for me, and I'd really appreciate it. So thank you so much, and I will see you all next week.